yesterday we had a look at Trudeau's new cabinet. It features 38 people. Uh, 38 people in the cabinet. That is quite a big cabinet. It's not the biggest we've ever seen, um, but it's big. Uh, also, I believe there are nine new faces in the cabinet, some of whom are new MPs like Marcy Ian from Toronto. Uh, one of the uh, latest positions that's really getting a lot of talk over the last 24 hours is getting a lot of reaction out of the province of Alberta. And that is about one of the most important files that we have right now. When we were talking about the election, I think one of the biggest uh, issues that people were concerned about during the election was the climate. And yesterday we found out that um, an activist has become the federal environment minister here to talk a little bit about that and why it's making uh, the premier of Alberta's head almost explode. Heather Exner Pirot joins the show, a fellow at McDonald Laurier Institute. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on, Heather. Thanks for having me. So what's the major concern with this new appointment of uh, former Greenpeace activist Stephen Gilbeau to uh, the file of environment minister? Well, where do I start? There's so many concerns to be had. Uh, and I guess the first most obvious one is this is a person who has a history of, of kind of ideological opposition to resource extraction, to oil and gas, uh, and does not look like a pragmatic, constructive partner for Canada's largest industry. This is at a time when we're facing an energy crisis, at a time where we're going to need to quintuple the amount of mining we do globally in order to meet the demands of the green transformation. And all that feels very much at risk. Uh, when this is the person as the minister who is going to make final decisions on the Impact Assessment Act, or, you know, people might remember it as C-69. Originally, I thought, you know, it's such a big file. It's so important we get down to it. I think that there could be people listening that think, oh, you know what, an environmental activist is exactly who we need on the climate file because they're extremely passionate. I think his passion goes to extremes. Can we uh, maybe go back in the file and and talk about the the stunts that Gilbo has uh, pulled in the past when working with not only Greenpeace, but ex, uh, I believe it is called Exterre in, uh, I could be wrong about that. It's a Quebec environmental group. Equiterre, I think, yes. Yeah, so I think, you know, a lot of Canadians are now aware, you know, the picture of him, you know, kind of in orange prison gear with the Greenpeace logo was circulating yesterday. And he had, uh, you know, um, climbed the tower in 2001 and was arrested for public mischief. Um, and, and, you know, like I say, ideological, um, rather than pragmatic approach. And when I, you know, when you think about, you know, yesterday, the results of the referendum in Alberta came out on equalization, whether you agree with the question or not, or think that was a stunt or not, I think it showed that a strong majority of Albertans are not satisfied with their position in confederation, have some concerns. And then, so to put, uh, Minister Dubot in this position, which is so important to Alberta's economy, uh, is, as, as some people have said, is, you know, a middle finger uh, to the resource industry and to Albertans and not a move, you know, for, for a new cabinet mm-hmm. to try to, you know, bridge some of that gap between Ottawa and the prairies. Very much the opposite. It seems like a weird move, especially because Trudeau might call another election in 18 months, hoping for the majority that he wanted this time around. You don't want to really alienate all of Alberta. Or a lot of Alberta because they do, they are tied economically to oil and gas. And I, I want to make the point, yeah, I, I agree. This is this is definitely moving backwards on nation building and we'll definitely I I think if you wanted to put in, you know, a caricature, an object for Albertans, for people in the natural resource industry to, you know, to draw their IR, you couldn't come up with a better villain. 
and Stephen Gilbo, you know, who's an activist, Greenpeace from Montreal, who has scaled buildings and been accused of public mischief. Mm-hmm. You couldn't pick someone who is a more, you know, a, a more perfect image of what people in the natural resource industry get frustrated with in Ottawa. Just to put in perspective, when you say scale the building, he scaled the CN Tower in 2001. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, and that was, you know, I was just coming up uh, to 9-11, too. So, um, so it was a stunt. That's what, you know, this is. So I, I, you know, to get back to the point, because I know people will say, well, this is good for climate. I want people to understand what this means in practice. It means that investors in the natural resource industry, not just oil and gas, because this minister is also responsible for uh, transmission lines, mining, anything that's linear that crosses borders and, and a lot of other things that don't. Um, he is, you know, he is the one at the end of the day that will determine if it's in the public interest or not. So why would you ever invest in Canada the tens, sometimes hundreds of millions for a large project that you need to put in to a project knowing that at the end of the day, you could jump all the hurdles, you could go through all the processes, and this is still the minister who's going to be able to say yes or no. This will have such a chilling effect on natural resource investment in Canada. Again, at a time when commodities are booming, when the world needs more commodities, needs more Canadian products, and we're just not going to get there. Not to put you on the spot, but was there ever, I don't know how uh, in the know you are with the rumor mill on the Hill, was there ever another name being bandied about for this position? Because I understand that Gilbo wanted this position. He was heritage minister for a long time, but he had had his eye on that uh, climate file, the environment file uh, for, you know, since he, be- since he became a member of parliament. I, so I'm in Calgary, so I'm not connected to the Hill. But I'll tell you who would have been acceptable. Seamus O'Regan, who was the last Minister of Natural Resources, was very much seen as credible out West. You know, that actually said the words oil and gas and didn't just use the metaphor of energy. Actually promoted small modular reactors. Actually publicly supported the Newfoundland offshore oil and gas. Um, And and he seemed to be have demoted for those steps. uh, For what, you know, we thought was pragmatic uh, and, and, and good policy. And, and also the other, the only Alberta MP, uh, he's again with ministry portfolio, but of tourism. Um, and, and, you know, Manitoba MPs have been demoted too. So it just feels like all of this is a huge snub to the prairies. Um, and, and why that would, and stacking it with, you know, Quebec and, and Ontario MPs and why that is a good policy for, na- for the nation as we're in this kind of polarized moment, I do not understand. It's also curious when, you know, we are coming up to, and I believe it, it starts this weekend. I could be wrong. We're days away from the global, uh, COP26. It's the climate conference in Glasgow that the Queen's got to skip because of her health. Um, and uh, this is likely to, uh, I guess, start some tongues a wagging. Is that what Trudeau wants? I mean, he really does like attention. And that, that would certainly be the impression that we have, you know, in the West, in the prairies, that this is all about central Canadians feeling good about themselves. And what we see when people are involved in actually producing things, getting financing for things, transporting things, doing the logistics, the pragmatic measures that would probably help global warming the most is getting more BCLNG to replace Asian coal. We see that without enough natural gas, they're, they're cranking up the coal generation power plants again. It would be helping the oil sands get to net zero by 2050 by helping fund some carbon capture. And it would be helping more mines get online so that we can have enough metals to transition to a green, uh, you know, kind of energy um, new paradigm. And all of that feels that threat. So I think if you're a pragmatic environmentalist looking for good solutions, 
this is problematic. If you think you live in, in a world where we can have everything and it will cost nothing and there'll be no environmental impact with 8 billion people, then I guess you think that Stephen Gilbo is a pretty good minister. Are you concerned that this guy in the past, you know, when uh, he lets his passions get the best of him, uh, turns to stunts and, and might not be, um, I guess, willing to have a conversation with Albertans about what you really need out there and, and what's for the good of the whole country? I mean, and, and again, you know, there's the Alberta angle, but there's tremendous oil and gas in Saskatchewan and B.C. also. So it's not just an Alberta issue. But, yes, is there concern justifiable that this is not a person who's going to come with constructive solutions to how we can reduce emissions in our oil sands, uh, how we can get our products to our allies who are now dependent on Saudi Arabia and OPEC and Russia? Yes, those are absolutely concerns, and I think they're perfectly valid. And I think this minister, you know, sh- you, you know, which way will he go? What is the first signal he will make? Um, and I think with COP26 next week, I think I don't think it'll be the right signal that the prayers are looking to hear. Is there anything that would make you feel confident in this guy, uh, in the in this choice for environment minister? You know, are you is there any way that you're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for, you know, People are extreme when they're younger, when they're passionate about things. Maybe they've changed. Maybe his heart's in the right place. Uh, maybe he will listen to uh, Albertans and people out West and what your concerns are with regard to the environment and also the ability to uh, retain jobs. I would say that probably expectations out here on the floor. So even a kind word from this person to say that he does want to represent businesses, that he does want to help economic development, he is interested in approving projects. Even the kind word would probably, you know, assuage some concerns out here. But there is no reason for us to, and even Wilkinson moving in, you know, the other switch was from Wilkinson to natural resources. I mean, that's, you know, Wilkinson was not a friend to industry, you know, in his tenure either. So why they would put these people in these cabinet positions, but just have them turn around and change the way they talk about things and think about things, you know, the day they get into the job. Well, that would be very surprising. But certainly if that came out, I think everyone here would embrace that. Heather, thanks so much for providing some perspective on what's going on um, out in Calgary. I, I appreciate it, and we hear your concerns loud and clear. And it's interesting to talk to uh, Canadians that are, you know, um, going to be directly affected by this environmental uh, minister. Although you say it's going to be all of us, I think directly there's a bunch of jobs that have to be, um, you know, cons- worried about uh, their position not, right not, now. Not just jobs, Kelly. It's the cost of living. The cost yeah. of living is going to affect everyone. We don't have the resources, the minerals, the metals, the energy to produce it. Um, we're already starting to see that, and we'll see it more. Heather, thanks so much. Have yourself a good day. Thank you. You too. Cheers. Heather Exner-Pirot is a fellow at the McDonald-Laurier Institute.